Welcome back to another Take the Lead podcast. I am your host, Tara Chantel, and today we are going to talk about that bag talk session, get intimate with the spiritual bag within. I have the honor to be in this lovely space with David. He is a husband, a father, and an engineer, and also a filmmaker with a unique voice that just show so much love to the culture, so much love to us and just to uplift us. And I'm just so honored and appreciative to be in this space with you, David. Thank you. No, thank you. I'm honored to be in the same space with you. So appreciate the opportunity. You wrote, produced, you did it. You did it all with your projects. Project Aid. Take us through that journey because it's such a meaningful piece that you have presented and it's a comedy as well. And I love how you incorporated laughter in this film and it's actually educational, not just entertainment. And I love how you put those pieces together and dropping gems in Project A. Take us through the process of creating this. Okay, so I moved back from uh, LA. I was living in LA from 2009 all the way up until 2018. And I moved back to my native state, which is Michigan, uh, more specifically Detroit in 2018. And I just didn't know whether or not I would be able to still film because all of the resources that I used to do my previous projects was in LA, whether it was renting equipment or just looking for talent. So what happened was I was working for this company uh, called BAE Systems and they were working me a lot. I'm working like 60 plus hours a week. And it got to a point to where my wife was like, man, I, I've never seen you like this. You know, when you come home, it doesn't seem like you're present. And she said, hey, we moved back to Michigan. We're not living in California. We can survive off one income. She said, just quit. And I was like, what? It was a foreign idea to me because I had never walked away from a job uh, without having something else waiting. You know, but uh, my daughter had just been born and I wanted to stay home and spend that time with uh, her and my son. Uh, my daughter's two now and my son is four. So I just took 10 months off. And during those 10 months, we were able to purchase a couple of rental properties. And it just gave me a whole newfound perspective on life, so to speak. And uh, that's where the birth of Project 8 came out of. And I was lucky enough to find these two people uh, that star in it, uh, Fatima Mitchum, as well as June Shelton. They both reside in the state of Michigan. And we just kind of made it happen and put it together. So yeah, you're right. I wrote it, uh, produced it all of those things. I, I filmed it. I don't have a, a crew of people. It's just me and the actors on set. And we just made it happen over the course of, I think, like three or four months. We just shot every weekend. Wow, that's incredible how you made no excuses to get this project done. Yeah, it's yeah. incredible. And I love how you, you put the truth in this story. And it's truly about your story and your life. And you just wrote it and presented it as a film to us. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to make it as real as possible. In fact, when I met with Fatima, uh, she had never act acted before. I actually uh, discovered her on YouTube because she has her own blog, uh, you know, channel on YouTube. And her voice was just kind of captivating. And I was like, man, I found out she was from Detroit. I met with her and she was like, you want me to act? What? <laughs> you know, <laughs> she was shocked by that. But I told her the story. I told her how much it meant to me. And then she started crying during during the meeting, the first meeting we ever had. And she doesn't mind me telling this. Uh, and in my mind, I'm thinking like, wow, if she can be vulnerable uh, 
with me and she barely knows me, it's no telling what I can get out of her when, you know, when we cut the camera yeah. on. So what happened is uh, she started crying because she was like, I, I love the fact that you're passionate about this and I really want to help you bring this vision to fruition, uh, but I'm pregnant, I'm two months pregnant. And I was like, what? Oh, man. And then at that moment, I said, you know what? Let's just put that in the story. So we ended up filming the story in sequence, right? Uh, and literally, once you get to the very last part, which is verse eight, she was like maybe three weeks away from having a baby. Wow. I really thought it was a prop belly. No, that was a real <laughs> belly. <laughs> so it was, that was a challenge in the cell because it'd be times on set where she, uh, you know, would get irritable, understandably so, and, you know, may, might forget some of her lines. And, you know, I've dealt with a pregnant woman. My wife was pregnant twice and the actor June, who was in it, you know, he, he, you know, he's not, he doesn't have any kids, never had a pregnant wife or anything like that. So it'd be like, hey, you know, Fatima, why are you getting an attitude with us? And I'm like, shut up, man, just shut up. <laughs> Creating her, life let, here. <laughs> yeah, she's, just let her do her thing. She's, she has a, uh, she can go in on us as much as she chooses to because she still pushed through it. She, she did her thing and she did that all while carrying a baby, which further proves how, beautiful and how incredible women are like they the closest thing to God you know so. yes, and that is incredible how her strength is to persevere to just keep going throughout all the obstacles that is creating a whole human inside of us like I commend sister she handled it with grace and ease facts man yeah she, she's a and never acted before let me just mention that and I love that that you discovered her and was so willing to give her this platform and give her a chance to just express her creative self. Your actors have incredible chemistry with each other. How do yeah. you pick your people to work with and collaborate? That's, that's the biggest thing. For, uh, you know, if you're trying to shoot something in this low budget, like let's say for me, uh, I do everything. So it probably cost me roughly 3000 and most of that money is spent on uh, finding the music, the placements, and really? paying those folks so I can license the music and put it in a project. But uh, but I'm doing everything. So in order for me to cover up whatever deficiencies people see, chemistry makes up for that because it makes you forget about all of those other things, especially when you're doing something that's low budget. So the biggest thing for me is to get two people together. And I got Fatima and I got June. We met at a restaurant in downtown Detroit. And we stayed there for hours. And just to see them talking to each other as if they were like college roommates or something wow. like that, I was like, oh, that's it. But if that hadn't worked, then I would have had to, you know, go back to the drawing board until, until I found people with the right chemistry. That was the wow. same approach that we took in nine months after, too. So. Yes, nine months had incredible chemistry as well. And the actors that you had in that film is flourishing. So you have an yeah. eye for like special people who has this gift. Yeah, I mean, that's all it takes is just people who, um, you know, I want people that represent the folks in the world who don't feel represented in media, right? Uh, have an everyday look, uh, beautiful people inside and out, just have a certain energy and a spark. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's the biggest thing for me. Uh, when I did Nine Months After, uh, my friend, Marcus Dupree, who started the movie, he's been my best friend since college. Wow. So that whole story of, of going through uh, the breakup, you know, the ups and downs of that relapse and getting back together only to find out that you're not meant for each other, that happened to me in college. 
So when I wrote the story and sent it to him, and we both were living in LA at the time, he's still there. He was like, man, this is your story. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I kind of write from the, from the heart. You know, I, don't know, I don't know any other. I don't know any way, any other way to do it. And that's probably the reason why, you know, I'm able to get the stuff out on paper so quick because it comes from a real place. Uh, and that's probably why it takes me a, a year or two before <laughs> I do my next project because I got to live life a little bit and experience things. Uh, but we needed to find a young lady and that's where we found Javicia. And Javicia is killing it. I mean, I remember when we were in the middle of shooting that project, I think we were on like month five. She had just booked God Friended Me, which was on CBS. They had two seasons of that. Uh, and she had, she's also on another show called Family Business on BET. And then she just booked that woman, <laughs> right? So, what? which is which is which is huge. She's like the first black woman to to be booked as as the lead in that. And it just kind of wow. like to see her just catapult and take it to that next level. Uh, it's just amazing. But all of these people that I worked with, I see in the stars already. So it wasn't a yeah. shock to me. Yes, real recognize real. That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just that simple. It's just yeah. that simple. And I love how you tell your stories by the truth, but you do it all from crew yeah, yeah. to writing. It's yeah. like you handle it with so much ease. Do you have any challenges and how do you overcome them? during the filming process uh the challenge yeah i mean it's a challenge that's why you really have to pick people who have chemistry because even when i'm filming it sometimes people will ask like hey well how, how did i do you know how was that taken i'm like well I, I i can't when i'm filming i'm literally looking at the framing of it so i can't really see your performance but what i do is hear it so if it doesn't sound authentic to me then that's when i'll give them notes right uh and a lot of times i just make people comfortable so i'll keep the camera rolling for like minutes before i even start filming something or sometimes i'll throw out a scenario and say hey just talk about something and then all right uh at some point i want you to work your way to the script you know and then by the time they get to the script it doesn't even feel like they're reading off a of paper so that's the biggest thing is to create film uh but make it feel it's like it's like a a more i don't know like a more it's like reality TV, but a bit classier, a bit, yeah. not, to say, not to say the reality TV isn't classy, but this is more rooted in something real because reality TV has somehow gotten to the point to where it feels choreographed. So, but yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of the thing for me is to make it as real as possible and even as real as possible for the people who are participating. Yeah. yeah but the challenges, the challenges though would be time because, you know, having a nine to five, doing the engineering thing. Uh, doing the real estate stuff now with the investment properties, having two kids and having a wife who's a dentist. Uh, she has her own career. That's the more challenging part, but it takes a village. I got, you know, great parents. You know, I got great in-laws who kind of help us. They watch the kids from time to time to give me and the wife the break uh, that we that we so need at the time. And then my wife is just a trooper, man. I mean, she'll be like, hey, go do your thing. Don't worry about us. I got it. I'm going to take them to the park because she knows how... Uh, how present I like to be and involved in everything. So I just got a good support system. You do. You got you got the truth behind you. You Straight got up, the man. truth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, wifey is holding it down. And yeah, just, yeah. It's, it's incredible. And I just love seeing black love like this. Yeah. Just such a in such a light and how you tell your story and showing black love because I feel like Hollywood we don't see that we see ourselves as slaves the whole reason why I started filming my own stuff is because of like a lot of the roles that I was auditioning for and getting I'm like man this can't be 
But instead of being a person who would complain about it, you know, I just decided to take that energy and put it into changing my own reality, you know? So you're right, man. A lot of us are portrayed and, you know, not so positive lights, but it's up to us to create more so that we can, uh, you know, add that balance. Mm, And the key word that you said, instead of complaining, you're just going to create it and just creating your own lane. And in Black media, we need that more than ever. We need to have ownership because we don't own any of the production and the filmmaking. We own about 1%. Nothing, nothing. And if you think, like, sometimes we have a little wave and, you know, a trend going where, of course, Black is, is popular and profitable, which it's always been. I think Hollywood is just catching up to it. But what happens when that trend is no longer there and then vampires or werewolves become the next trend or whatever right so it's not secure until you actually own it and that's the reason why I left Hollywood because I realized like man I don't want to work for nobody you know not doing what I love doing so I'll just take it back home and then kind of give back to the city to help uh, make me who I am so and build you up and mold you yeah you actually lived in LA and been in Hollywood and yeah. I, I hear just a lot of horror stories that just that just Whew. hit me over you know yeah, the edge yeah. where that it is so important for us to create this own lane and to give back and give platforms to people because you're putting people in position to win and just to continue to go up what is your thoughts on Hollywood and how they treat uh, people yeah I mean I don't I don't and that's the thing for me it's about the work it's not about the fame but it's about progress right so it's not about how much I made off a project I mean, those things are important. They do impact my life, uh, especially if I make a ton of money or whatever. But for me, it's more so about getting better each time. And with Hollywood, you, you have people out there who literally idolize people to the point to where they may not necessarily see the greatness within themselves, right? So again, people will say, hey, if you want to become a big time actor, yeah, go to Hollywood. But what they're also saying to you is that if you want to work for somebody and if you want your dreams to be dependent on somebody giving you a shot then that's what you do and me i'm not a I, i'm not a worker b i don't have that mentality so it just i was like this this can't be the place for me because i don't necessarily want my dreams to be dependent on somebody else giving me a shot so if you place me in alaska if you place me in mississippi no matter where you place me the tools are all here and god gave me a gift that i'm continuing to, to perfect so i can be anywhere so why not be around my family and be able to be around my mother and my sister and help them in ways that i couldn't over the last nine years being in california that is the truth oh you just dropped that bag on us that is the yeah. truth. now especially with social media we can cut out the middleman. That is not the route we need to go to go to Hollywood, to work underneath somebody and going through that system. We don't need that. We can have our own avenues in so many places now and they have so many platforms or we can create our own platform that we can show our films in and just do our projects and do what's true to us. And yeah. I just commend that. I mean, but look, but look at you. You're in Atlanta. You, you've got a whole manual out, right, that, that you've done to, to sort of help people and uh, just positive affirmations. Every interview that I've seen that you've done, whether it be just you and another individual, you've done things in the format of, like, you and your girls sitting, drinking a glass of wine, or just you doing your own solo thing. I mean, I went back and looked at the 
podcast or listen to the first one you did back in June of 2018, I believe, like 18 minutes of you just talking and just telling us what your your mission was and who you was and all of that stuff. And uh, you didn't have to be in Hollywood to do all of those things. And then you come out with the Royal Purpose movie, which was perfect for me because don't get me wrong, I'm not against people dating outside of their marriage, right? Or or race, I'm sorry, (laughs) not marriage. I don't think people should date. I'm sorry. Hey, listen, Bridget Tinsley, if you listen to this, I don't think people should date outside of their marriage, but uh, dating outside of their race, I'm not against it, but I do understand the importance of the Black family structure. So that's why when I looked at the royal purpose and saw that, you know, part of your purpose was to, to stop this dude from getting had by people who didn't belong to his community, you know, and just that togetherness and us being able to trust each other and us being able to bring out the best in each other. Uh, wasn't was important this brother was lost and then you know he became found and oftentimes that's what happens with black women which is why i put that in project eight like they hold us down more than anybody irrespective of how disloyal we may be to them at times uh you know there's times where we don't protect them like we should and this that and the third and and they still kind of hold us down and they're at the front lines anytime something happens to us at the hands of a, a a crooked cop you know but then something happens to black women then you know we're not holding them down the same so we got to hold ourselves as black men accountable and make sure that we preserve that family structure so i had that segment in project eight where it lists all those women that had died at the hands of cops and it was like i don't know maybe nine of them that i had never heard of and i had to blame myself for that because i know about the mike browns and the trayvon martins and the, so so on and so forth you know but anyway that's the reason why i love your film so much because i'm like man she's she she has a voice and she's speaking to me and it's a serious subject, but yet you found a way to make it comical. And uh, just your light and your spirit and all of that. I'm like, man, I wish she was in Michigan because I'd, I'd, we'd definitely be working together. But we still going to work together. Oh, yeah, so we I'm putting that out there right now. <laughs> and actually, I'm from Cleveland, so Michigan. What? Yeah, that's right. That's home. Oh, shoot. You right next, you right next door. Okay, okay, okay. I'm one call away and I I love everything that it was you just dropped so much and I appreciate everything from like the first podcast noticing just the why and how you said it's about the process and not about the fame and we idolizing the wrong things we are here to touch people we are here to serve and just to speak our truth and just to do the right thing and Absolutely. I noticed, I noticed that out of all the races, black men date outside their race the most. And I mm-hmm. wanted to dissect that. Is it off of self-hatred? Is it off of if they view that as success? Why is that? I wanted to really dig it's, in that inside of that. It's a it's a deep insecurity, you know, when you when you think a deep-rooted insecurity, and it's not necessarily our faults. Uh, but we do have to take accountability for it. You know, uh, when you think about slavery, when you think about the civil rights movement, when you think about the crack epidemic and all of these things that have affected the black family structure, they all play a part in terms of the reason why we decide to go over there. We don't understand the importance of segregation, right? Because we're so busy trying to be accepted into something because our definition of success means we live in this, you know, predominantly white neighborhood and we get to hang around these predominantly white billionaire people or whatever. A lot of times you see a lot of rappers just hanging around NFL, white owners and this, that, and the third. And for them, that signifies success. So it's it's rooted in, in insecurity. But if we understood how important it was for us to stick together and, and, and preserve the family structure and, and to practice group economics and all of these things, I would say we we it would the numbers wouldn't be as high. Let's say that. <laughs> 
like, and that is an actual fact that black men are the most likely to date outside of their race. You know, and I applaud you as a black man that you are with a black queen that absolutely is, you see how much value she holds in your life, how yes. a good one by your side can really affect you and just uplift you to be a better man overall. Raised by two black women, so <laughs> I, I couldn't have it no other way. And I went to the University of Michigan where it was lily white. And I was like, nope, I'm, I, this is what I want over here. So, yeah. Yeah, and I, I really feel like we as black people, we should stay together. And I have to get on my sisters because we have to do better, especially with the music, the mainstream music that is dumbing us down left or right as black You're talking women. about that 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 wap that, that new joint <laughs> that it's a lot of prostitution anthems that we that women are just singing along like this is okay buy me a bag and you get whatever you want and we got to know our value as women and then i feel like when women change men have no choice but to pick up what you're dropping down but if you don't have no value to yourself then it's just gonna be a lost case and we all gonna be lost out here. Absolutely. Let's let, let's hypothetically think about what you what you're saying here. Like what if all women, black women united and said, all right, y'all, don't be giving up nothing unless they they work for it, unless they, you know, are chivalrous, unless they are respectful and doing all of the things necessary to, to win your heart. You know what I'm saying? Uh, doing everything necessary, valuing you, all of these just, you know, I guess archaic things that, that guys just don't do as a whole anymore. So if women kind of did that, then it would make it easier for all of the women, right? But what it does is it makes it hard for the real good ones who do have dignity and respect because you have so many who are just kind of like, you know, trying to, you know, get a quick buck or trying to pay their they house note or this, that, you know, you get what I'm trying to say. So I get what you're saying for sure. It, it it really because now I, I I see that men just the thought the thought process is viewing one woman as in such a high pedestal like putting us all in a box that we all think this way and that's just not yeah. the case at all and it's it's, it's really not. it's really a lost case right now a lot of people are just lost in the sauce and I love what you are doing incorporating this entertainment because black people love entertainment we love to laugh yeah. at our pain and how yeah. you make laughter and comedy and just truth in your scripts is so important for black people to see black love see two black leads dark skin light skin you know and all different complexions as this art and showing that that's possible because we are more visual people anyway to understand things. Absolutely. These are the things when you look at Project A, you know, we talk about uh, you got strong black women characters in there. And that's uh, primarily because of my wife, because she'll read this stuff and be like, uh uh, no, she ain't gonna respond like this. You better have her say this. <laughs> so, you know, it's hard for a black man to write for a black woman. You can't do it without the assistance. Uh, of a, of, a, of a black woman telling you, hey, this ain't what I would say, or this, not, this doesn't represent us. You need, you, you almost need that. So we have strong black characters who persevere, who understand the meaning of loving themselves and working for themselves. And then you have the whole idea of, uh, I guess, not being a corporate slave, but but being bound to your corporate job and, and not breaking free from that so you can go off and pursue your purpose, right? 
Uh, then we also talk about healthy eating. There's a few times where we mentioned, you know, vegan stuff and eating healthy and not eating all of the meats and stuff out there that, that's not good for your body. And your project does that as well. I saw the scene where you had the, the impossible burger that you cooked for old boy. And he was like, oh, you missing out on the dark meat. So you're doing the same thing. And then, of course, we have, uh, you know, we, we just talk about so many different topics. I think the tagline, if I can remember correctly, of the movie is uh, freedom occurs when truth meets purpose. And that's important because for June's character, he, uh, he, he basically has to accept his truth, right? He know what his purpose is, but he has to accept his truth and be able to walk in it, right? This corporate nine to five isn't getting me closer to that. So I got to break away from this. And it's the same thing with Fatima where she's unwilling to accept her truth. Like she's already, uh, you know, understood her purpose and she's walking in that. And that's the reason why June is kind of uh, inspired by her. So they, they, they kind of need each other in order to both be free. Yeah. One needs to be able to accept their truth and the other needs to be able to walk in their purpose. And that's kind of how that, that came out of that. So you got all of these great topics and there are all of these beautiful things. We even talking about residual income. There's a scene in there where we break down how you can buy a house and then you put money into it to fix it up. And then over a certain amount of years, you'll make your money back. And then everything after that is straight profit and you create a passive income. So all of these things happen within that one year that I was off work. But if I had never took that time off of work, I would have never had the time to put into these things, wow. right? Because work was consuming me so much that by the time I got off, I was depleted. Mm -hmm. And that's what it does. You know, when you work in corporate, it's literally like this pimp host situation. And you have to figure out whether you're going to be the pimp or you're going to be the host. And, and in most cases, if you're working at that job, you're making a salary, but you complain all the time. You're depleted by the time you get off. You don't have time to put into your family. You don't have time to put into your dreams. None of that. Because they're going to get as much out of you as humanly possible. And if that's the case and you don't have anything to give, then you're being pimp, right? But if, but it, but, but if you're taking that check, and you're using that check to fund your dreams outside of work, if you're using that check to, to invest in other things outside of work that can create money for you and at some point maybe replace your nine to five wages, right? Now you've become the pimp in a sense and you feel better about yourself. And that's why a lot of times when people are working in corporate, they're upset and they're frustrated because they do feel like the hole in that situation, like they're being used. Yeah, and it's not, they're not stepping into their purpose and living purpose, the yeah. truth. Project <laughs> eight is so powerful from the just the number eight and showing the financial freedom and just freeing yourself from that nine to five that's holding you back so much from your greatness how did you step into your purpose in figuring out the pieces to this puzzle black woman right so when we moved at first it was my wife black woman period you know that's the reason why it's so important <laughs> for people like me and that dude that was in royal purpose to, to get in line with, with the people that we came from, right? Yeah. Uh, black woman is the closest thing to God. So she was the one who gave me that courage and told me like, get out, get out, do your thing. It don't mean you ain't a man. You've been holding us down for all of these years. Do what you got to do. So that was the biggest thing. But the other big thing for us is that when we were living in California, we bought our first house in 2014, right? And we had lived there from 2014 all the way up until the end of 2017. And in that time, that property had uh, accumulated over $100,000 in equity, mm -hmm. right? So we were like, hold on, wait, we made this much money off the sale of this house. You know, this was right before we moved back to Michigan and we didn't even try. So imagine if we are more strategic about buying property and figuring out what areas to buy in where, you know, uh, it'll appreciate faster or, 
you know, getting a, a rental property and getting some good tenants and, and getting the residual income or, you know, investing in certain stocks, this, that, and the third, looking at uh, marketwatch.com to figure out what new IPOs are hitting the market. It was just a way for us. We just, we just figured out how to be more strategic. And that was already happening before I walked away from the job, right? So in working that job, I had sort of forgot about all of these things that I knew I wanted to try to get to, but the job was in my way. So again, I already had the vision. I already had the the goals, but the job was literally the only thing standing in my way. So I had to get rid of the job, but I wouldn't have been able to do that had I not had a solid partner who was able to make money as well. And then moving from California back to Detroit. Holding me down, moving back from California to Detroit. Now we don't have to survive off two incomes, right? Because California, <laughs> California, you know, your mortgage is going to be like 3000 4000 whatever. Then you get back to Michigan and you're talking about $1,000 or less, you know, and just keeping it like that. You know, not trying to get a Tesla or all of these. No, keep your expenses extremely low, right? That way, if my wife wants to say fuck you to her boss, excuse my language, yeah. she can do that and walk away. And it changes how you move in that job. And then it takes that stress away also because you're not working because you have to be there. Yes. And that is the true mindset to getting to financial freedom is to being free like that, to not feel Man. like you have to be a slave to society. Listen, listen, I'm telling you right now, and I'll be telling my wife all the time, like this last year, because I'm back working now, but now that I'm working, it's a different situation because they came and looked for me. And I told them in the interview, the interview was just as much me interviewing them as they were interviewing me. And I said, hey, am I going to have to work over 40 hours a week? And it was like, no, we promise you, blah, blah, blah. And since I've been working there, there's been one time where things started to get out of hand. And I said, you remember what y'all told me during the interview? I'll I, I walk away. Yeah. And it was like, no, 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 Mr. Tinsley, we'll blah, blah, blah. So it changes because they can even sense that you don't need them. Ooh. Right. But if somebody, it, it, even if we're talking about a relationship, if that other person senses that you need them to survive, then they'll take advantage of that, sometimes unknowingly. And even with my wife, the reason why I try to treat her as good as I do and value her the way that I do is because I know, it, I mean, some other nigga will be glad to have her and to do my job probably <laughs> better than I'm currently doing it and take care of my two kids. So I have to, that keeps me on my toes. And I think whenever we, think like that or at least have that mindset it, it prevents us from uh drowning in complacency yes because we are the ceo to our life and you can fire anybody that's not acting right. anybody can, and my wife we've been together we've been married our uh, ninth year anniversary was august 6th but we've been together i met her when i was 19 i'm 36 now she was uh-huh. 18 college campus she was a freshman i was a sophomore we've been together forever but i still know that that if i ain't doing my job she can fire my eyes Come on, Black Love, but she not, and that's the power in knowing your value. Once you step into your value as a person, just off of knowing your spiritual gifts, knowing your purpose, and knowing the quality you add to life. Absolutely. There we go, right there. (laughs) Hey, listen, I, I, you know what you just said right there. I think we're gonna have to get a sound bite, and I might have to use that as the intro to my next project. You know what I'm saying? Because that's it. when you <laughs> about to create some magic like this because i would love to be in that magic man listen you dope man like i'm telling you right now you i've i've showed my wife my wife like oh my gosh she's beautiful look at her smiling you, you dope so i mean it ain't an honor for me to be on here i know it's not an honor for you to be it's an honor for me to be on here and be in your presence because again i think I, I just think you way doper than i could ever be and i appreciate it so Man, I appreciate you just so much for this time. This was 
amazing. You gotta come back on when you available. Man, listen, listen. I'm, a, I'm, 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 you. This is the second podcast that I've done. Somebody put the bug in my ear like a month ago. Like you need to try to get on some of these podcasts, and I was like, all right. Second one. So uh, thank you for giving me an opportunity. I'm a newbie. I'm like a straight virgin to this. So I appreciate <laughs> it. And I and just off the strength of you giving me that opportunity, I'll be on here whenever you reach out. Oh, I will because it was so much just want to still talk about, but I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Can you tell us where yeah, we can time. find? You can take up <laughs> all of it. All of it. <laughs> but I'll tell you where you can find it. So if you go to Instagram, uh, my Instagram page is uh, Tim Bridge at Tim Bridge Films, right? And if you go on there uh, within my bio, there's a link that'll take you to all of my other projects, pretty much. Yes. Uh, I can't remember the exact link tree location, but just go to my Instagram and you can find everything that I've done from there. So. And it, and it's all amazing black love, just uplifting the hey, culture man. and educating hey, us. That's all I'm about. You ain't gonna <laughs> listen. Hold me to this right now. You, it, it ain't gonna be nothing outside of black love, black heterosexual love. It ain't nothing against anything else, but that's just what I know, right? That's just so, that's that's just your truth. You feel? That's my truth. This ain't no propaganda. <laughs> this ain't this ain't none of that. This is absolute truth. And uh, again, I appreciate you for taking time out to watch those things. I appreciate yes it was just amazing all the gems that was just dropped in every film that you have just producing the quality and just writing i'm just so impressed off of man you see you serious you, you got me over here cheesing right now you got man don't don't be playing with me you for real That's because the writing oh, is spectacular too man the writing how and i love how you get wifey's feedback like what what's she saying because it, yeah. it was so much more believable too you have to man like i'm gonna be i'm telling you right now it ain't nothing like having a great partner i tell this to my friend my friend marcus who was in nine months after he's single right now and i'm like man you know i ain't trying to really project brother but i'm telling you right now if you had you a, a strong black woman by your side you wouldn't be having some of these mm. some of these things you're complaining to me about she'd be helping you tackle them or whatever you know but uh again it's just the power of being with a black woman who, who got your back so Man, this was a, you don't understand how much amazing <laughs> this conversation was. David, can you please just drop some game to our up and coming black filmmakers and creating content? Just give them some advice real quick. Man, listen, I'm going to give you some advice right now, right? This is the first thing that you should do. Uh, take your cell phone, right? I'm sure some, you know, most of y'all got iPhone 11. I'm, I'm still like at a six or seven or something like that. I'm just one of them type of people to where I ain't changing nothing until they make it. Exactly. You know, where you, where you download some software and then the phone just don't work no more. So now you got to go in. I'm that person. But if you got an iPhone, uh, an Android or whatever, just start capturing stuff. Just start filming stuff, you know, of yourself or, or, you know, you don't have to have like a, a, thousand dollar two thousand three thousand dollar camera literally these phones pack uh pack a big punch so do that and then you know get you a youtube channel and, and start putting your stuff up there and start promoting yourself or whatever and, and putting it out there because oftentimes uh that's the thing that holds us back even if we are creating things we don't want to necessarily put it out there and promote it you know and, and and show people what we're doing because of the confidence factor or whatever so literally get out there promote yourself film on whatever device it is you have even even if it's your cell phone and don't wait on anybody to do it for you like even if you are out there auditioning and doing those things concurrently you should still be doing your own thing because at the end of the day i look at it like this 
uh, if somebody were to approach me now, like let's say Warner Brothers, they were to say, hey, we want you to do whatever. Like uh, we, want, we want you to do this movie, then my, my mentality is different than somebody who's desperate and who's, who's depending on that opportunity. Mm -hmm. So when we're at the table negotiating, I'm trying to get certain things that maybe the other person ain't trying to get. The other people, the other folks who just are trying to depend on the opportunity to come to them, they're just thinking about, oh, well, oh, you're gonna, I'll take anything because I would have done this for free. But no, I'm not taking anything. I'm thinking about perpetuity. I'm thinking about equity. I'm thinking about all of these things that are gonna help my kids when I'm no longer here. I'm thinking about building a legacy. So it's important, not just for you to be trying to make it in somebody else's industry, but currently do your own thing. Because even when you get the opportunities in the industry, your mentality will be different when, when it comes time to negotiate. And you have not made any excuses with filmmaking whatsoever. So it's um, no excuse why you can't get it popping out here. Man, you can get it popping no matter where you at. Because again, it's it, I'm seeing a lot of films where the backdrop is LA and the backdrop is Chicago, right? But I hadn't seen a lot where the backdrop was Detroit. In fact, the few films that I saw where the backdrop was Detroit, it was the drugs and strip clubs and all of that and there's nothing wrong with that but it was up to me to, to sort of provide that balance and you have know, your unique voice yes have your yeah. unique voice because the culture needs it especially in detroit the d come, come on, on man come <laughs> on. the d because that i'm telling you all you gonna see out of the movies that come out of here is the cardies and all that and it's a beautiful culture that we have but again i grew up in the hood but i grew up around people who wasn't of the hood mm. and i wanted to show them like the Junes and the fatimas Detroit people, but they, but they kind of cool, they fly, they not corny, but they respectful and all of these things and they want more for themselves and they ain't out here trying to get over on people or hurt people. So I just wanted to show that because there was a lot of that when, you know, where I grew up. But what happens is that if you only see in these, these negative images, only a certain kind of image being perpetuated from Detroit, then when you, you go somewhere else in Atlanta and you tell people like, I'm from Detroit, they'll be like, oh, oh shoot, how, how you make it there? Because that's yeah. all they saw in the media. And that's the reason why certain groups of people look at African-Americans the way that they do because of what's being perpetuated in, in the media. So we have to do a better job of creating and showing those other things that exist so that we're not monolithic, you know? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, the media controls the masses out here. Yeah, that's what's so right. So even the WAP <laughs> song, it's not, it's not even like a, a thing of this being like, oh, it's bad that they released it. What's bad is that that's the, that's the, that's the overarching voice. Yeah. What, you know what, what they push. Absolutely. And they, and, and here's the thing, they don't have any problem pushing that. Like, let's say Apple, they're okay with women, you know, basically saying that they're going to sell their sex for money or for rent, right? They're okay with black men saying that they're going to kill another nigga and, and fuck his girl and, you know, <laughs> uh, you know uh, fuck somebody raw and they don't wear, they okay with that, right? But the minute you talk about the Asian community, the minute you talk about the Jewish community, you getting your shit taken straight down. Yes, anti-Semitic. That's what they call and, it. <laughs> whatever, whatever that means. But what anti-Semitic is, is that, oh, well, I'm Jewish. I kind of own uh, this stuff. So if I feel offended by what you say, I have a right to fire you. And we can't necessarily look at that as like, oh, you're doing me wrong. We have to look in the mirror and say, damn, what happens if we own shit? Right. Yes, you look at the NFL, you look at the NBA, you look at all you look at entertainment and who's popping in that. The workers are predominantly black. Right. But yet the ownership is of a whole nother race. And that's the issue. Yes. And we're getting coins compared and to we, the man, listen, dollars that they make off of us. Absolutely. So if we own certain things, you let a white rapper come along and say something about black women. 
you fired. I'm going to yeah. say you anti-black and I don't have to give you a reason or a definition as to why. Yeah. Right. So that's the reason why ownership is so important. I'm not mad at the Jewish community for coming down on the canon. I'm mad that we don't understand the importance of owning so that we can we can come at people who try to come try at to do us. us. Yeah. And that's where how it has to be. We got to control what we put out. We have to write our own stories. We Absolutely. have to make this magic happen. And how you said, I'm not going to complain about it. I'm just going to create. Just do it. Just do it. What difference does it make? We put so much into politics. We put so much energy into everything else, and it's all rooted in somebody changing our own reality rather than us doing it ourselves. But the, but but that's what 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 people don't want to face because when you have to look in the mirror and say, "Oh, I'm the reason why I'm not where I want to be," that's a hard conversation. Mm. So I rather blame it on everything else. Yeah. I rather blame it on my boss at this job. I rather blame it on Trump. I rather blame it on Obama or whomever else, right? And it's not them. It's you. Yes, when you to, you. yes, when you have to look yourself in the mirror and realize you are stuck because of yourself. It's Absolutely. not because of your circumstances. You are, you can control your destiny at the end of the day. And I love how you hit on, just put yourself out there, promote yourself, but we can really stand in our own way feeling like, oh, it's not good enough. Who cares? You're going to get better with time. You're going to get better. Like you said, 2018, <laughs> June. You came out with the first podcast and you said that people was telling you all of these things and reasons why you shouldn't do it or you don't know anything about podcasting, but you stepped into it. That's the hardest thing. You don't know how many people I talk to who be like, man, I got these ideas, man, but I just, I don't want to do, I don't want to create nothing because I need it to be right. I need to have this director of photography. I need to have this, man, why don't you want to fail? Why don't you want to fail? Because that's the only way you're going to get better. You think you're going to learn by succeeding? <laughs> Not gonna teach you nothing. Right. And I I was just saying failure does not exist. No such thing as failure. Who is keeping score? About exactly. Exactly. I don't look at it like that. I look at it like, oh shit, it's an opportunity for me to, to get even better. Yeah. Not only that, I don't really do it for like when I make these projects, it's not a trend, it's not me trying to impress somebody. I'm doing it for me. It's cathartic. It's therapeutic because I've went through these things and now I have to birth it, you know, not comparing it to, to what a woman does. That's a whole nother thing, but you get what I'm trying to say. So I spend all of this time with it. Right. And then by the time I let it go to the world, like project eight, like I was, I cried the day before I released it. Not because uh, I was afraid of what people would think, but because I had spent so much time with it. And now once you release baby. it, it's not yours anymore. It's your baby. Right. It's when not you yours. Yeah. When you produce yeah. something, it's just a whole nother level of courage that you just took and just a courageous attitude to just put yourself out there and just the yeah. authenticity. I applaud that and I appreciate that. Because you don't know how many people you. it's going to touch, man. How many people you it is many, touching. You, your film touched me because I, had, I just hadn't seen people being that. Like, your voice is so distinct and it's so pronounced and it's so direct. And for you to come at it like that, where you wasn't sugarcoating nothing, I said, oh, my God, this is the bad. And you created it. <laughs> you, you didn't even have, look, forget all the other stuff about writing. and You created it. Like, that's everything. You had to be the caterer. You probably had to sweep the flow. You had to take out the track. Anything that it took to get that done, you did it. And I want to see more from you, even if it means I'm going to work. And I know I'm going to work with you. But, man, you dope, man. And I, it's an honor for me to be in front of you because I look at you as a star. Oh, so man. thank you. All right, we're gonna keep shining out here. <laughs> is, 
Exactly. Hey, just let me stand. Just let me stand next to you, and I'll shine. You know what I'm saying? Because your shine is gonna be bright enough for the both for us and a few other black stars in the making. So thank you. Yes, God is just so good. Everything that you were just hitting on, this was just amazing. How just putting yourself out there, just the courage and just the work ethic you are just presenting to the world. I just thank you so much for your bravery and your art thank bridget tinsley too because without her listen without her listen bridget tinsley this is i'm gonna say this and that's yeah. this it my wife got up today at like six something right she got our kids ready right because they go to this this little camp thing where it's they still social distancing there's only a few kids there you know but they went to this little camp thing or whatever but she had to take my son to get uh, a hearing test done right uh, just check up stuff, whatever, right? So she had to drop my daughter off at the camp first, then take my son to get the hearing thing, right? And then she took him back to the camp. So she's going across town, doing all of this stuff. And then she hit me up and she said, hey, uh, what do you want from Beyond Juice? What type of smoothie you want? And I said, oh, I want this, blah, blah, blah. And then she gets home and then she works out and then she goes to work, right? But she did all of this stuff, which I typically would be helping her because she wanted me to be prepared for the meeting I had with you today. So I say all that to say a partner is crucial. And we so in sync that I don't even have to tell her what I need. Most Ooh. of the time, I don't. Man, I thank you, Bridget, so much for holding Bridget it down, Tansy. Queen. Gotta <laughs> <laughs> let it be known the last man. You got it. He's a curious Man, listen, guy. listen. I was so happy when she changed her last name to mine. It happened a year after we got married, too. Because she's a doc, she's Dr. You know, Tinsley, so I wasn't like, I was like, hey, man, if she don't do it, I understand. I'm just happy. I just feel like I won a lottery. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then she came back a year later, showed me that license. I said, oh, man. You know, like, that's it's huge. When somebody does it because they want it. They want to do how she did that just the small things that she did throughout your day and you just take notice of that Come because on, she did it with so grace not complaining about what she had to do and that just shows the power and just the superpowers women have because yeah balance of family your husband and your work life it's and incredible. your work life and she listen that stuff that she did she ain't supposed to do just because she a woman she's a whole dentist with a whole career so when we had these kids before that, 50-50 was expected. So when you get married, foreplay and all that other superficial stuff that you see on these Love Jones movies on TV where I'm laying in bed and kissing on your neck, it ain't foreplay is when somebody says, hey, I know, you, I know you're tired. I know you need a break. I'm going to take these kids to the park for an hour. Yeah. That's foreplay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The little stuff that she did, bringing me the smoothie, knowing that I had this you know appointment with you and that i was nervous and wanted to be that's foreplay so Man, it just it, it, it matters so much yeah because she don't have to do it that's that like just make you fall in love even more just off no, of a person's yeah. character like that she Absolutely. got character yeah. character character <laughs> character when you tired yourself but you willing to, to 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 give your husband or your wife a break because you see that they need it and they don't even have to ask for it yeah that's just the sacrifice and that's why i want to teach my sisters exactly what Bridget is living by example man. like that. Bridget, man, I'm telling you right now, double, she, uh, her name is uh, Double Mint underscore DDS. And uh, listen, hopefully she could be on the show at some point too, man, because she's embarking on this journey to open up her own practice. So I'm proud of it. Oh, I would love it. Let's set it up. Let's set it hey, up. Hey, listen, listen, listen. You, you just say the word and I'm going to do it. She'll come on here looking all cute and all that with a little natural curly hair. I'm telling you, it'll be dope, gotta, man. 
I gotta fit in doctor's schedule. I know why he did. I gotta, <laughs> oh, I gotta just squeeze in there. Just give me ten. Just give me ten. <laughs> she'll be on here like how much longer? No, she'll be honored to be on here, man. She'll be honored. like I said, she'll stand to you too. And when I was watching your movie, she was watching it with me, and she was like, "Yo, I didn't expect this, man." Hey, y'all, if y'all out there listening, y'all go to Amazon Prime and y'all rent or buy Royal Purpose. Thank you. Project 8, do Project 8 after first. Yes, Project 8 too. 17 minutes long, that's it, but it's going to go by fast. Thank you. That's why we have to support our black films out here so we can just continue making more. We need it. I'm about to buy a book. I'm buying a book as soon as we get off the phone. I just ain't had a chance. I'm buying a book too. Best believe I'm going to have the next meeting we have we gonna be sitting there like going through and studying it like a professor and a student i'm gonna be asking you these questions yes but please let me know when you are available for another conversation like this because i would love to just dive deep more i appreciate you and thank you guys so much for tuning in to another take the lead podcast we're gonna be back at it with another one